welcome to Grace and Glory Audio featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the sermon series entitled, Faith is the Victory, with part three. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Hebrews chapter two. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. Father, we pray that you help us to learn this lesson, your son taught us. Lord, help us not to worry, not to fear, not to be anxious, not to be confused, not to be controlled by circumstances. This glorious Sabbath morning teach us to live a life of faith in your Son, Jesus Christ. A life of faith in your eternal promises. You are God who cannot lie. You are our shepherd who will take care of your sheep. We are the sheep of your pasture. We are your children. You are our heavenly father. Therefore help us to fight the fight of faith. And drive away anxiety and unbelief from our hearts. That we may sing your glorious praises. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We have been dealing with the subject of faith. Saving faith. Persevering faith. Living faith. Obedient faith. And we also have been dealing with the enemies of faith, what we call aphids that destroy the tender plant of faith by sucking its vitals. And we dealt with a couple of them last Sunday, and today we want to deal with this whole problem of anxiety. Now, it doesn't profit you if only you hear and do nothing about it. You can come with the burden of anxiety and you go with the burden of anxiety. Those who go to see a doctor, the doctor examines you and gives you a prescription and imagine that you take it home and do nothing about it and expect somehow to be healed. It is not going to happen. Your situation will get worse. Therefore, it is important that you hear and then add faith uh, to the word of God preached prescription for the cure of our various problems. So be not just hearers of the word, but be doers of the word that you may walk in the liberty which our God is granting us in Jesus Christ. So we are considering the subject of faith, especially, as I said, how to fight the aphids of unbelief that try to destroy the tender plant of our trust in the triune God. So we deal with anxiety. Today, God permits certain things happen to us 
that are negative. And we become fearful, confused, and full of worry. We experience painful or apprehensive uneasiness of mind as we experience these things. Fired from a job, rejections from people, death of a loved one, divorce, collapse of a business, being threatened by a terminal disease. And we experience anxiety when you sin. If you are a true Christian, you experience severe anxiety. You experience anxiety, that man is laughing. When you get a letter from Internal Revenue Service, <laughs> something happens to your soul. <laughs> we get anxious when we are with unfamiliar people and we face unfamiliar situations. When finances collapse, when we receive a pink slip, people are anxious to go to a doctor. We are concerned about our children, worrying. We must be concerned about them, which is the right thing to do. We are talking about sinful anxiety, about their salvation, about their future, about their marriage. We are anxious about our death, which is coming. We are anxious about making decisions concerning whom to marry, decisions concerning where to go to school, decisions in terms of career. People experience anxiety in taking tests, <laughs> going for interviews. People get anxious when they think about dating, the possibility of rejection. Anxious about peer acceptance, fear of failure, anxious about whether I should tell truth and if I do, what are they going to, how are they going to react to it, anxious about a child going bad, anxious about a spouse having an adulterous relationship, anxious about a child with a syndrome, anxious when we didn't get promotion, but we are fired from the job. Above all, anxious about that day when we must die. Various, various ways people get anxious. Let me tell you, the mother of anxiety is a self-focus, a deliberate self-focus, which again is a denial of faith in our God. We thus experience uneasiness of mind or brooding fear about some contingency. It shakes our faith. It appears as though the ground from under us is gone and we are falling. Our mind is restless and divided. The situation is not a dream. We hope it was a dream. And it is not. It is real. 
and Satan takes advantage of this situation. He says, where is your God? Where is your comfort and joy? You are going to die. And no one can help you. You are alone. And the fear grips us. We feel we are entering a very dark tunnel. And we are alone. No one is with us. It seems all have forsaken us, even God. But don't believe such a scenario. We as God's people shall not die. The Bible clearly tells us that the fear of death has been taken away by Christ. So let me read to you from the book of Hebrews, chapter 2. And verse 10 says, in bringing many sons to glory. Understand that. This is God's purpose for our life. What is it? To bring many sons to glory. To achieve this purpose, God became incarnate in Jesus Christ. And verse 14, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity. So that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. Christ destroyed death for us by his death, therefore we shall not die. Death cannot threaten us, neither death nor anything else in all creation is able to separate us from the love of God which is revealed to us in Jesus Christ. So I want to give you some scriptures which you can use to fight this aphid of unbelief. Let's turn to Second Corinthians. Chapter 10 and verse 4 and 5. You see, we are given weapons to deal with. All the fiery darts of the devil. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power. We are speaking particularly about God's word which the Lord Jesus Christ himself used in his fight against the devil. When we speak out the word of God in faith, it is powerful. How powerful is it? It says, on the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments. Arguments that rise even within us and bring us to the uh, to. To fear and be anxious. We use the word of God and God's promise to deal with such anxious thoughts. Demolish strongholds, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. 
And that's why if, if we are ignorant of God's word, if we are simply hearers of God's word, we shall not be able to deal with this unbelief, this anxiety, these arguments that well up in our being. And turn with me to First Corinthians 10 and verse 13. A scripture to be memorized and used often. It says, no temptation has seized you. Except what is common to man. Nothing unusual. Nothing out of the ordinary is happening to you. It's all human. Number two, God is faithful to his people. He is our savior. He is our shepherd. He is our physician. He is our God. He is our way. And he cannot lie. God is faithful to his promises to us. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Everything is under his control. Even the devil must get permission from him to tempt us. But he will not. Ultimate control is with our God. That's why he is sovereign. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. And then we are told when you are tempted... When you are tempted, while you are being tempted, that is not the only reality that is happening and taking place. Something else more wonderful is happening. He will also provide a way out. You look for it, and there will be a way out. There will be an exit from that situation, so that you can stand up under it successfully weather the storm memorize that and speak out believe what it says look for that way out Joseph was given that way out the spirit of God told him get out run and he ran and he was saved there is a way out. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they prayed. There was a way out. There is always a way out. Yes. Because God is faithful to us. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 51 and verse 12. I, even I, am he who comforts you. Who are you? That you fear mortal men. Our being anxious and fearful is regarded by God as not trusting in him. As children trust parents. Our fear and our anxiety is a manifestation of our distrust. Of our God who is our heavenly father who cares for us. Who anticipates our needs. And provide for us. So here it is. I even I am he who comforts you. Who are you? That fear mortal man. Mortal men. Dying men. 
sons of men who are but grass, mist, drop in a bucket, nothing. And you have me as your God, infinite, personal, almighty God, all-wise God, sovereign God is for you. Why should then you be anxious and worry about mortal men who are grass? Why do you forget the Lord your maker? Who is he who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth? Why do you live in constant fear? When I am for you, the one who created the worlds by my almighty power and sustains it moment by moment. Memorize it. Use it. Then anxiety floods your soul. Turn to Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. And follow this prescription. Ye who are anxious and all ye of little faith. God is giving you prescription. Take the medicine regularly. That you will be comforted and made strong. And that you will be unafraid of the past and present and future. So here it is, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything. A better translation is, stop worrying about anything. You are now worrying, stop it! Doctor came from Japan, sent me an email about his wife, her inability to pray out loud. What should we do? I said, she is your wife. And you tell her, that pastor said, I'm going to pray and you will repeat that prayer loudly. That's a sheer obedience to the word of your husband. The eternal God, our Lord, Savior, commands us, stop worrying. Stop it. Yes, anxiety is the natural reaction of a person to poverty, to sickness, divorce, rejection, persecution, and other troubles of life. It's natural. But you have God as your God. And he stands with you. And you are in him. And he is in us. United with him vitally. And notice... Notice, be not anxious of what? Anything. In other words, it excludes all exceptions. Stop worrying about anything. Including that terminal disease that you have. Your kid who has gone bad on you. Or whatever else it is. Your lung cancer. It's a terrible disease. Or whatever else. Stop worrying about anything. Anxiety is a trait of pagans. Who has no confidence in God. They have no solution. They are cast upon themselves. They are without God. Therefore without hope in the world. So then that is the negative command. Stop it. 
And if you confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, then you pay attention to his command and obey that command. Stop it. And don't come and tell me you cannot stop it. Shut your mouth. Exclude all worries. But that itself doesn't do the job. Therefore, he gives you positive command. With a strong adversity. But. What does he tell us? But in everything. Don't worry about anything. But bring everything. No exception there either. To God. In prayer. Your request be made known. That's what the Greek text says. Each one. Your list of items which you have when you go to grocery store. There is a list. So list all your anxieties. And bring it to God in prayer. Someone said the way to be anxious about nothing is to be prayerful about everything. Let your request be made known to God. This great personal God. This father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who loved us and gave his son. For our salvation. Says let your request be made known to God. And you begin to wonder. Doesn't he know it? Is he waiting for us to give him the list? Yeah he knows all right. In fact, we are told very clearly in Matthew 6.32, your heavenly father knows that you need them. However, it is the order of God that you demonstrate your dependence and your trust by bringing everything to God in prayer. This is God-ordained means through which he helps you. And we are told in Isaiah 37 verse 14 and following Hezekiah received a letter that threatened him, that shook him. And he goes to the temple and opened the letter before God and say, oh God, there is a letter here for you. Deal with it. And God answered, he dealt with it. That's what it is. It doesn't say go and tell everybody else your problem. And make everybody else miserable. And draw attention to your misery. No. Get into the closet. Close the door. And start talking to God. And have the list of your worries. Say this is it. Oh God have mercy upon us. And help us. But make sure you pray with thanksgiving. God doesn't show favor to people who are unthankful. Which is the very nature of an unbeliever as Romans 1 tells us. Mix your prayer with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving for what God has done in your past and God has done in the present. Think about God's election before the creation of the world that you be saved. Think about God sending his own son in the fullness of time for your salvation. Think about how God brought about your birth and how provided God provided for you all these years. Not anybody else, it was God who did it. 
God who gave you food and clothing, God who sustained your life, brought you out of various dangers, God's angels took care of you. Hallelujah. God healed you, God guided you, God blessed you with blessings innumerable. Think about it. And write out some of those blessings and say, thank you, thank you, thank you. I come in your presence with a grateful heart for your past blessings and present blessings. And I know that you are going to take care of this problem. With thanksgiving, there is guarantee given to those people who come to him, positively bringing requests in prayer. And here is, it should be translated as a guarantee. It's not a prayer, as some people would translate it, and the peace of God. Peace of God. Peace that God himself enjoys. You think God is anxious? God is pacing the floor of heaven? Peace that God himself enjoys. And he sends that peace as a garrison to God. Your mind, your will, and your emotion, your inner life, the peace of God stands a sentinel so that your inner life is no longer shaken and divided you are no longer anxious peace of God that passes all human reasoning you try to figure it out you cannot figure it out exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or imagine God's peace and all of us you rest your peace, everything is alright. He may not solve our problems, or he may solve our problems, but one thing is guaranteed is what? He will send his peace to stop your shaking, stop your anxiety, stop your divided heart, make you strong enough to face the reality that God ordained that we should experience for our good knowing that God is able to work in all things to bring about our good the peace which God himself enjoys begins to flood our souls a peace that beyond human imagination a peace that will guard your heart, your feeling, your will, your thought from being shaken. A peace that will calm and steady our inner being. That we are no longer anxious, but rest in the breast of our God. And notice all this is so in Christ Jesus because we are God's people we are united with Christ hallelujah in Christ Jesus now I have given you the prescription and you can be here and go out miserable, anxious, worrying or you can believe what I say and faith 
and be set free and be delivered from all such crushing burden on our soul. Or turn with me, Psalms 23. And David tells this in verse 4. Even though nobody is going to be exempt from experiencing certain negative experiences. They are designed by God and decreed by God and ordained by God. That we experience and we go through for our eternal good. And we begin to see by only looking back. As Joseph did and said, you intended to harm me. But God intended to save his people. So a lot of things we don't understand in the present. Why is it happening? But a child of God in due time, they look back and begin to interpret it correctly. It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He says, I will fear no evil. And then we are given reason why I fear no evil. What is it? Well, well, that's it. For thou art with me. The presence of God. Through the valley of shadow of death. He is not asking us to go through the valley of shadow of death. He never asks you to go where he does not come. Hallelujah. So I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff. They comfort to me. That's his business. Comforting. Isaiah 40 begins saying. Comfort ye, comfort ye my people. And finally we are told. God himself will comfort his people. And he sent his son. To die. And to be raised up. And then he invites all people to come for the feast. Our sins are forgiven. And his righteousness is given to us. That's comfort. Hallelujah. Sins are forgiven. His righteousness is given. No need to worry. No need to be anxious. Yes, we may have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But I will fear no evil. <laughs> Hallelujah. Why is it? God is with me. God is with me. Alright, let's move on to another scripture. Let's turn to First Peter 5, verse 6 and 7. Write it down. This is the prescription. 6 and 7. First Peter 5. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand. If you are going to be arrogant, then you will be anxious, and there is no cure for it. Say to yourself, I am a creature. I am a finite creature. Um, God is infinite. God is uncreated. Self-existing being. I am a finite being. He created me, and I am a sinful being. I am a mortal being. And therefore, I must humble myself before this God. He gives grace to the humble, not to the arrogant. If you want to be arrogant, you are free to do so. If you are arrogant, you will not believe in the promises of God. 
And if you are arrogant, you'll be weighed down by the weight of your anxieties. And you have no way of dealing with it. So first is, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. A mighty hand that can save you, then lift you up. A mighty hand that also can punish you. It is mighty hand. Pharaoh asked the question, who is the Lord that I must obey him? And he found out. There is a demonstration of his hand. Mighty hand. In salvation as well as in judgment. Humble yourself. Therefore, under the mighty hand of God. And verse 7 says, casting. You humble yourselves by casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. The Lord knows. The Lord understands. The Lord understands you are walking through the valley of the shadow of death. He is with you. He, He understands it. Now we spoke many times here, casting. What does that mean? It's a Greek word, epiripto, which means to take something and throw it. Uh, People took their outer garments and threw them upon the donkey so that it becomes a saddle for Jesus. Luke 19, verse 35, this word is used. They threw it upon the donkey and they don't have the outer garments anymore. That's the idea. When you cast it, you don't have it anymore. You have rolled it on to the mighty shoulders of our God. It is not mine anymore. I have committed that to God. It's his business. Have you done that? Once and for all, committing whatever these issues to God. In prayer. In prayer. And it is now God's business. Hallelujah. I trust him to deal with my cares. For he cares for you. <laughs> he is always caring for us. We are told in the book of Hebrews, where chapter 4, verse 15, this high priest we have is one who is able to what? To sympathize with us. He sympathizes. He understands. And he is for us. And he will help us. He may solve our problems or he may give us peace to deal with it. And grace to deal with it. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 6. A familiar passage. Chapter 6 beginning with 25 and through the end of that. And we don't want to say everything about it. But it tells us. That we are greater to God than plants, than birds, and we would say, than animals, than wicked people. We are dear to God. We are his treasure. We are his inheritance. His eyes are always upon us. He has an interest in protecting us. He is committed to save us. He has saved us, he is saving us, and he will save us. 
You have seen birds working and you have heard birds singing. Have you ever seen birds being anxious? I think a lot of our anxiety is we don't want to work. You engage in doing the will of God and the anxiety will go away. But the truth is, we are greater than plants and birds and animals and the wicked people of the world upon whom God sends his rain and his sunshine provides for everybody and we are his special people therefore we can count on his special attention and special grace and special mercies hallelujah because we are told your heavenly father knows this means he is our heavenly father and we are his children this relationship does not exist between God and plants and birds and animals and the wicked people of the world we have a unique relationship Hallelujah. He is our heavenly father. And we are his eternally loved children. And you as parents anticipate the needs of your children. And provide for them. How much more this great God. Our heavenly father will anticipate our need. And provide for. In fact as parents we anticipate. Our children's need and provide because. God put that in us, that idea. Your Heavenly Father knows. Young Isaac asked the question, we have wood, we have fire, we have knife. Where is the animal for sacrifice? And Abraham said, the Lord sees, meaning the Lord knows. Therefore, the Lord will provide. Think about it. You are dearer and nearer to the very heart of God. You are in God. You are God's. And if he did not spare his own son for your salvation, you think he will now begin to forget you? He's for you. He's with you. He's in you. He knows. He knows. And therefore, one thing is needful. Jesus spoke to Martha. Martha, Martha, you are cumbered about. You are worried about many things. But one thing is needful. Some people say he was telling them, Hey, don't worry about it. You don't have to have 75 dishes. Just one dish is needful. Well, I don't believe that is the truth. One thing is needful. What you need is to live by the word of God. One thing is needful, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Embrace his kingdom. We pray thy kingdom come, embrace it and do his will. And these things will be added to the past blessings, multitude of it you have already received. Spiritual and material. That's a guarantee, isn't it? Let's turn to a simple verse, which is John 14. And as you are about to die, I will come and read from this verse. It says, let not your heart be troubled. What is it? See, let not your heart be troubled. The cure for trouble and anxiety and divided heart and restlessness is what? Trust in God and trust also in me. Trust me. 
trust me. I'm God. I'm competent. I'm able. I know. <laughs> I'll take care of you. And I, were, I went through all kinds of troubles once I took, uh, took off and started studying Psalm 37. And God's peace came to me and well filled my heart. Do not fret. Delight in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Commit your ways to the Lord. All right, let's turn to Psalm 68, verse 19. Praise be to the Lord, to God our Savior. What is it? Who daily bears our burdens. Cast your cares upon him. Cast your burdens upon him. And every day we have our burdens, isn't it? Tomorrow we'll have tomorrow's problem. Today we have today's problem. What do we do? Take it to him. And here we are told what? What does it say? Praise be to the Lord. He is the Lord, covenant Lord. To God, our Savior. Who daily bears our burdens. Or it says, who daily loadeth us with good things. Well, I think both are right. He takes our burdens away from us and then loads us with good things. All right, you came with burdens, anxieties, uh, troubles, worries, fears, confusion. And I have concluded by saying, praise to the Lord, our God, our Savior, who daily bears our burdens. And he told us, come unto me, all who are weary, weary of bearing burdens and heavy laden. Burdens are put on us by the devil. And it crushes. You are stooping down. Nobody can lift a finger to help you. But Jesus says, nobody can. But I can. Come unto me. Come unto me. That's what faith is. Come unto me. I will remove the burden. And in its place I give you peace and rest. The peace of God. That passes all human imagination. Will flood our souls. Or. Praise be to the Lord. Our God. Our Savior. Who daily bears our burdens. And in the place of burdens. He loads us. With good gifts. Heavenly Father we pray. That you help us today. This glorious Sabbath morning, help us to cast our burdens upon you. That we may be released of all burdens, all anxieties, all worries. And that we may be filled with all good things. We are your children and you are our Heavenly Father. And thank you for the prescription that you have given in your word to deal with unbelief. Therefore, O God, we rise up in faith. 
to fight the good fight of faith. We rise up as David the boy rose up and went against Goliath in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord, we experience deliverance, confidence, courage, peace, hope. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to part three in the sermon series, Faith is a Victory. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching.